September 11th, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. This boasting is also foolish, but let me, Paul, go on. Let me tell about the visions and revelations I received from the Lord. I was caught up into the third heaven fourteen years ago. Whether my body was there or just my spirit, I don't know. Only God knows. But I do know that I was caught up into paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be told. That experience is something worth boasting about, but I am not going to do it. I am going to boast only about my weaknesses. I have plenty to boast about and would be no fool in doing it, because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it. I don't want anyone to think more highly of me than what they can actually see in my life and my message, even though I have received wonderful revelations from God. But to keep me from getting puffed up, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me and keep me from getting proud." Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, My gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may work through me. Since I know it is all for Christ's good, I am quite content with my weaknesses and with insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In chapter 4 of 1 John, beginning at verse 7, we read this admonition. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And in this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So the first thing we have to understand about God's love is that it is transcendent. It's not common. It's not profane. But it is a majestic, sacred kind of love. goes far beyond anything the creature can ever manifest. And secondly, the love of God is always a love that has no mixture of selfishness, of wickedness, or of sin within it. There is no shadow that covers the brightness of the pure glory of the love of God. And so when we encounter His love, we encounter a love that's in a class by itself, 
a different kind of love, a holy kind of love. Our problem is not so much that we tend to think of God as a God who has no love, but rather the problem that we find in the culture of our day is a view of God that carries with it a cheap view of love and, and a sense of love by which all, of other God, all the other attributes of God are removed or stripped from his character and swallowed up by one attribute, which is the attribute of love. I don't know how many times I've lectured on the sovereignty of God, or on the justice of God, or on the holiness of God, only to have people object to those qualities of God and respond by saying, but my God is a God of love. As if love, as it's related to God, is incompatible with justice. Or that if God is loving, he can have no sovereignty. Or that the love of God precludes his holiness, which would be a radical distortion of God. And so we need to have this warning, this caveat, as we begin remembering that our most fundamental inclination as fallen human creatures when we contemplate the character of God is to exchange the truth of God that he reveals about himself for a lie, as the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 1, and serve and worship the creature rather than the creator. And that is by falling into the most primordial of all sins, the sin of idolatry.